This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. All right. Thanks for coming back with us today. We've got John Brown on again. Hey, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, today we're actually going to talk about incorporating the Lord's Prayer in your prayer meetings and in your prayer life. Mm. Uh, this is something that God's really burdened John with and God's really used in their body and everything at Vertical Life. So uh, John, just to start off, why is the Lord's Prayer such a powerful tool for prayer? Uh, well, I think there's the obvious answer, and then there's the long answer. The obvious answer is uh, because it's the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> it's the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> right. Uh, Jesus laid it out for us. God himself invented it. So, yeah. I mean, for us to use it as a as a model, just it makes sense. And I think the, the long answer would be because, you know, as we're going to probably go over, there's so many layers to the Lord's Prayer that is not just indicative to how we should interact with the Lord, but also, once again, we're it, it informs so much. One thing I always like to do whenever I'm reading the Gospels is that there's always the— uh, I, I, I kind of came up with this thing where Jesus was fully God and fully man. So what, what we should do is whenever we're reading the New Testament, we should think about the fact that everything that Jesus says has a— physical earthly context and also an eternal context. And you can see it going both ways. And as I go through the scripture, I notice that as a trend. And I think with the Lord's Prayer, we see that same thing where we see, you know, he's laying out things that are, that have a lot of earthly and physical implications and things that we should be um, reciting. But at the same time, there's also a lot of eternal depth within the Lord's Prayer that we can graft from that inform us of the gospel and of, you know, our relationship with the Lord. Awesome. Great. So walk us through your process, praying through the Lord's prayer and kind of how the model works for you. So the way that I see it, I mean, real, real quick, if you don't mind, I would like to just read the Lord's prayer and then I can kind of break it down. That's kind of how I like to compartmentalize. Come on, man. So the Lord's Always prayer. Always welcome here. Yeah, man. So the Lord's prayer, uh, it's from Matthew 6. Um, verse 9 through, I believe it's very, yeah, through 13. And it says, Our Father, uh, well, actually, verse 9 actually starts with Jesus saying, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the way that I like to kind of think about it um, is I'll break it down into, I believe I break it down into five parts, yes, where the first part is we're starting with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It starts out as a recognition of who God is. 
now you know, when you're talking about two or more creating that space, I think one big part of that is saying, okay, first, who is it that we're approaching? Our Father in heaven. And one thing that's amazing about a father figure is that we are not just recognizing him as, because who is God? He is the creator, right? He is not just our, but he's not simply, but we're not praying here our, our maker. We're not just praying here our creator. We're praying our father. You know, when you think about, a, you know, physically like earthly, like a father, like you're a dad, I'm a dad, you know, in a way we created our children, like, you know, we were, you know, we were part of it creating our children, but we also have a relationship with our kids. We're, we're raising them, we're guiding them. So in the same way, our father emphasizes the fact that God not only created us, but he also has a relationship with us as our father. And then we follow it up with, hallowed be your name, holy, you know, recognizing God as, okay, us being, you know, more uh, finite physical beings that are communicating with someone who is our, who is our father, but who also is eternal in comparison to us, who is above us and separate from us in a way to where like simply, you know, speaking his name itself has power, you know, because it's, he's so far and beyond us. But one thing that's once again amazing about that is within this phrasing, we are still recognizing that the same person who is holy and above us is still seeking an intimate relationship. So what we're establishing here is we're establishing the the depth and, and breadth of who it is that we're talking to, but also establishing our relationship with him. He is our father, we are his children. You know, and I think it's important that as we go through the rest of the prayer, that this is the the posture that we're starting with, where we're seeing God as someone who he's I mean, he's God himself. He he makes the rules, he he created everything, but at the same time he does care for us. And that's why we have the confidence to then kind of go through the rest of the prayer where we're, where we're asking him for things. That is so good. So establishing the father heart of God or father in heaven, Mm -hmm. he cares about me and where I'm at. I'll be your name. He is holy. And I need to have a respectful fear of the Lord. Exactly. That's incorporated to starting with that as the baseline. Love it. Yeah. And then, so as we kind of continue on, um, the next uh, section is uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, this is pretty straightforward. What we're saying here is, you know, Lord, even before we begin to go into the things that you do for us and the things that we're going to be asking of you, apart from us recognizing our relationship with you, apart from us realizing who you are, allow our hearts right now to be aligned with yours. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When we also talk about Jesus' prayer, um, in Gethsemane, where he's talking about, Lord, pass this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. It's creating this idea that we are allowing ourselves to be willing to submit to you whatever it is that you have for us. And that's not so much to say, okay, no matter what we're doing here, the, what we're going to say after this doesn't matter, because it still does. But what we're saying is, Lord, we know that you're seated high, you're holy, and so whatever it is that you're wanting to do, we are seeking that. That is an important part of prayer and also of worship where we're saying, okay, Lord, you know, you're God and we are not. And us, and it's once again, it's reinforcing that idea of where our standing is in the context of, of who God is and how we are to submit to that. Uh, and then that's why, you know, once we go deeper into it, uh, the next part is uh, give us this day our daily bread. We say, Lord, you provide for us. 
you know, and I think a lot of that is where we are recognizing the past. You know, you see a lot of the Psalms where David is saying, oh, like, look at the things that the Lord has done for us, you know, okay. and, we, you know, we're saying here like, oh, you know, give us this day our daily bread, Lord, the things that you provide for us every day that we need. And this can be, once again, it's physical need, you know, and it's also, you know, spiritual need. Like every day when we think of um, each day renewing and refreshing and seeking the Lord again, like that's also our daily bread, you know, where we say, okay, Lord, we know that we need you every hour. And so on, on top of us seeking him, once again, in the first part, seeking him, and then realizing who he is, realizing our need for him, you know, once we get there, then we go into... Well, about that real quick. Oh, sure. That is a crucial point, especially in a Western context. Oh, yeah. Where we have so much independence mm-hmm. and we believe everything is gained through our hard work. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when yeah. you enter other contexts, I live in Africa for some time and I know many people who would love to work hard and make enough money to feed their family and just don't have the opportunity. Yeah. And it's like... When you enter those contexts, um, e- even in the West, even in the U.S., there yeah. are spaces like that. Mm. And if you enter in, you see that it's like, oh, these people pray for provision and it's real to them. Trust becomes a real <laughs> thing. I think trust, trusting in the Lord. I mean, giving give, give our daily bread, give us this day our daily bread is a thing about it. Do, it is a thing about trust, which in the Western world is kind of hard because we have, like you said, there's so much that the idea that you you get what you earn and also the fact that in America we see a lot of that prosperity happening i mean not everywhere but in most places we see a lot of the i mean being a first world country it's so hard for people to recognize that need um a lot of times i mean that's what you see in a lot of unbelievers really that that's like the big hurdle is them seeing their need yeah. Because they they don't live in a context where they see how much they are actually are not in control. Sure. Harder it is for yeah. a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven for this yeah. very purpose. Mm-hmm. Do I really actually need God? Like, yeah, sure. Theoretically, I kind of maybe do, but like, yeah, exactly. If it's not real to your daily life, you know that I may not eat today without God intervening. Yeah, that's exactly. where it's like. Yeah. The rubber meets the road. And so helping mm-hmm. people understand this in their own life and saying, Lord, teach me that dependence. Even if I do live in a context where I have more, mm-hmm. how do I understand that better? Yeah, exactly. The one thing that I love about the Lord's Prayer is that among the different parts, you could also demarcate it because give us a day our daily bread, I, I, I would say, is probably the, um, that's the beginning of where we begin to talk about our actual our actual interaction with the Lord. But what it is, it's the transition because in the first part, in the first half of the Lord's Prayer, we're seeing God for who he is and, and, and we're recognizing his, his sovereignty because one of the things about recognizing our need for the Lord is that if we have so much trust in ourselves, if we feel like we have so much control in our lives, it's hard for us to kind of hand that over to God and say, okay, you're actually going to be the one that's providing all these things for me. I'm not the source of all my provision in my life. You actually are. Because, you know, whenever we feel like we have that control, which is why when you have that first part where we're recognizing God for that, oh, your kingdom come, your will be done, hallowed be your name, is also a part of recognizing, Lord, let's first understand that you're God and that you're the one that's in control. So because of this, give us this day our daily bread. And this is, 
And I think um, as we were in the conversations, this is kind of, once again, the thing to support the confidence that we should have yeah. in asking the Lord for things. This is the God of the universe. He's the one that's, on. that's actually in control of everything. So we should be going to him and saying, we Lord, pray. Get, we should we pray. believe that. Yeah, we should believe that. Yeah. You're the one that's giving us our daily bread every day. Everything that we need, Lord, you're the one that's giving it to us. Sure. And then one thing that I love, and this is the one thing when I when I when this broke through for me, just blew my mind, was give us this day of daily bread almost speaks to the physical, but now we're actually gonna go even deeper. We're gonna talk about salvation. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. So when you think about it, especially in the context of the gospel. You know, what's our what's our debt? Well, guess what? The wages of sin is death. We have sinned and we have accrued this debt that Jesus himself has paid for. And that's and I mean, and that's the gospel. And you know, give us this, like and forgive us our debts, saying, Lord, you know, forgive us of the things that we have done. Every day. I'm not a perfect, <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect. It doesn't matter if you're the biggest super Christian out there. We have done things every day that in the in the eyes of God, we deserve, you know, we don't deserve the love that he gives us. Yeah. Yet he he does that. He forgives us. But also sure. what's important about this is that we ask for that. It's not like it just happens, you know? Sure. We ask him for it, not because it's like, oh, it's not, and it, I think it kind of gets weird with some people because they're like, oh, is God just sitting up there being, oh, I'm not going to give it to you because you're not asking. But it's like, the reason that we ask is not because us doing that is what gets us it, but what it shows is, once again, it shows where our heart is and it shows our trust in the Lord and it shows that we recognize that he's the one, that one, that we have this debt that we've accrued okay. and that he is the one that can forgive us of so it. So how that relates to justification then, it's like... Mm -hmm. You have the forgiveness of Christ on you if you mm -hmm. believed in his name and yeah. trusted him as your savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have forgiveness, but incorporating the request for forgiveness is important it, because of posture. Like what, what's the, what do you think the bottom line is for that? Like I'm asking God for forgiveness, even though I know I received it in Jesus. Mm -hmm. What? Why is that important? I think it's important because, yeah, it is. I think it is a, it's a posture thing, but it's also a... You know, because it's not like, oh, like every day that you're having to say, oh, Lord, forgive me this, forgive me this constantly. Because like you said, like we have our forgiveness in Jesus. Sure. Um, but once again, it's 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 once again us recognizing it's part of humbling ourselves. Because I think if we don't constantly remind ourselves of what we've been forgiven of, I think that you have a lot of people that and, I, and I've seen this in, happen where almost that sort of like Christian culture pride begins to develop. Because the the if we don't if we're not constantly reminding ourselves, oh Lord, we've been we have been forgiven, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, Lord, you know, continue to and even though He is, continue to forgive us of the things that we are doing, because we recognize that we aren't that we aren't perfect, and what that does is because we do that, it then leads us to the next thing where we can forgive other people. Because now we're not approaching people that are doing things to us in a way of, oh, they did this to us. Like, oh, like, you know, but we're saying, oh, look at what God's forgiven me of. If God's forgiven me of my sin, how much more should I forgive others? Because anything that somebody else could do to me is nothing compared to what I have done, you know, to the Lord and, you know, in my own sin. So 
But isn't I, that like a daily process, man? Yeah, like forgiving yeah. Yeah. other yeah. people. Yeah. I could forgive them today and tomorrow mm-hmm. hate their guts again. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it is. God, I need your help because I, I don't uh-huh. want to forgive this person. Yes. Or you think you get to forgiveness. I've had this with mm-hmm. something, um, the last few years where it's like every once in a while, God's like time to level up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to the next level of forgiveness. I'm like, what? I thought I already forgave this. <laughs> He's like, what's going on? I thought I already did this. Is it 70 times seven? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, you got, there's more. Yeah. There's more. And what it's going to do is it's going to free you yeah. to enjoy me more. And it's going to, you know, the, the only thing that unforgiveness, only person of unforgiveness is hurts is the person who's not forgiving. Right. So like, but I will tell you, this is, I think one of the most wonderful and terrifying prayers at the same time. Yeah. And I'll say it straight up because Jesus talks about this in multiple parables also, where Mm -hmm. it's like, when you don't forgive, that's an extremely serious thing to the Lord. And -hmm. when I'm praying, God, forgive me as I forgive others. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. It almost feels like a works dichotomy, but I I liked Mm. how you said it. Like it's more of a, it's a result, right? Exactly. It's like, it's like the fruits of the spirit. We need to realize that the things that we do are symptoms to something that's going on in our hearts. So the reason that we respond and, and the reason that we pray like this and the reason that we do this is because what we're trying to do is reflect what's going on in our hearts. You know, and I think that it's not so much that oh, you doing this is what causes it to happen. But it's like, no, you you do this because it is your response in, in obedience. Jesus told us to pray like this, you know, so are we going to believe Jesus? Are we going to believe Jesus and, and be obedient to how he's saying to pray? And I think also, like you said, the forgiving others being such a huge thing, because it is, it's like, how else do we, the one thing that we have as Christians, especially as believers, the one thing that we have to show, oh, hey, this is who the Lord is and what he's done for me is to forgive others because that's that's literally, that is the gospel. That's the thing that he did for us. Wow. So if we want to be examples, if we want to be disciples, if we want to show people who Jesus is, then we need to be like Jesus and forgive people. It's you know? real. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the thing with unforgiveness, it's like drunkenness, like yeah. where you're like doing things it mm-hmm. leads to so many other things. Yeah. Unforgiveness is like, and oh, bitterness yeah. is the root of so much sin. Oh, absolutely. And so much dislike, because it discourages you. And then you do things that you wouldn't do, you know, if you had forgiveness in your heart, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's insane. It's like drunkenness. It's insane how, how insatiable <laughs> it is in terms of destructive force, you know. Let me tell you, is. let me tell you this. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but imagine a, a lot of the, social stuff that you see happening in America. Imagine if you added forgiveness into the equation, <laughs> how a lot of those would kind of like, come on, you know, it would not be a thing. Like That's right. forgiveness is so powerful because so it, 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 it's so it's freeing. And I think mm. what happens is, is that so many people are, when it comes to letting things go and forgiving somebody of something, what people <laughs> oh Lord, oh praise the Lord! Because uh, I'm being reminded, like literally, the thing that people fear or the thing that they want to resist is that when you forgive somebody, sometimes it feels like, oh, if I'm just forgiving them, then justice isn't happening. Justice isn't done, yeah. You know, then justice isn't happening, and they're not getting what they deserve. <laughs> but then, and like, oh man, 
Dude, this hit me so, like, but then I think about that and I'm like, oh, wait, but that's literally what happened to me, right? Like, justice is eternal hell. That's yeah, what justice is. That's what for justice everyone. is for everybody. <laughs> and yet, Jesus forgave me because he loved me. Yeah. You know? And so it's almost like <laughs> if, if you don't get this, you don't get Jesus. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't get the idea of forgiveness, then you don't, you don't, you don't understand it, and it is tough because we are people, you know. Uh, it's, it's tougher. Hard, John. It's, it's, it's hard. hard. It's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. <laughs> it's hard. But that's why we say, "Forgive us of our debts, as we forgive those." Lord, even the times where we fail to forgive others, forgive us that, so then we can continue to try to forgive people, yeah. you know. And as you were talking about, like constantly, like the daily thing of saying, "Lord, I need you once again. Give us this day our daily bread," yeah. you know. Lord, equip us each and every day. And we're going to have to have those swords sharpened, you know, everything is constantly being refined. But the last part is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this one, if you look at it, like I said, there's the layers to the Lord's prayer. Another layer that I see is we're going from big scope to then we're going smaller and smaller and smaller, right? So when we talk about you know, our Father who art in heaven, we're going big, right? We're starting out, hey, Lord, this is who God is. We're going from eternity. Lord, this is who you are. Okay. You're holy. As we're going through, it kind of gets smaller and smaller where, you know, give us this day our daily bread is still us on. This is what God's doing for us, big context. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive others, our debtors. Now we're going a little bit smaller because now we got from God to now we're coming down to, okay, in our community, this is what we're doing. This is how we're interacting with other people. Lord, you're forgiving us. And so that's allowing us to then forgive others, our interaction with other people. And then once we get to this last part, we're going even closer and closer to now. This, I feel like, is more of the individual kind of prayer where we're like, oh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, so now, Lord, through this now, now that we've gotten to this point, so like in the in the deepest, in the deepest region, the thing that I struggle with, the thing that you struggle with, that everybody struggles with, is being tempted to sin. You know, us us not wanting to forgive others. We would rather not forgive others. You know, the different sins that people struggle struggle with, we're tempted to do those things because in our flesh, we want to do those things. But lead us not into temptation, Lord, continue to recognize, to continue to open our eyes to those things so that we can turn from them and repent. It says, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. So... So lead us not into temptation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, God doesn't tempt. That's what James says. Right? Yeah, and exactly. so, but I liked how you said, like, God's helping us um, be opened, like our eyes open to where we're walking into it. You know, like yeah. God teach me how it's coming, yeah. and that's kind of our side of it. Mm-hmm. But the and deliver us from evil. Yeah, doesn't that like help us be aware? Okay, the enemy. Like yeah. there is a spiritual yeah, war. Exactly. There is a spiritual force and the enemy is actively yeah. an agent against us. Yeah. You want to speak into that a little bit? I'm just like <laughs> Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, look, we we don't war against flesh and blood, but I think this also comes into the recognition of really what reality is, right? It's not just the stuff. It's not just the physical stuff going on. There's actually like a spiritual warfare going on, you know, where we like you said we have the enemy, we have Satan. We have uh, all these all these forces that are trying to um, lure us away from 
the Lord. Part of it is 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 us. It's our own temptation. It's our own flesh that's tempting us to do things. But we also have this evil that is also just giving us that little that just a tiny that tiny little push. You know, Satan in the garden saying, "Oh, like the questions that we already have in our hearts is, oh, what's God doing?" And then all it takes is for Satan to be like, "Oh, did God really say that? <laughs> did God really say that? I know that you want to do this thing, so all sure. I need to do is ask you this question. Oh, did God really say that this thing that you want to do, but he can't do? Did he really say that you, you know?" And so it once again reinforces the, this idea of our reliance on the Lord as well, because it's not that it's not that we can escape the evil on our own. You know, it's not that we have the power in and of ourselves to totally be, even if our eyes are opened, even if we see where the sin is coming, even if we do all these things in and of ourselves, we, we only have so much power, if any at all, to truly be, to truly be delivered of those things. We need yeah. to have the Holy Spirit there with us. We need to have the Lord there with us to help to keep those things at bay, to protect us really. Sure. You know, and, yeah. um, and I think, you know, once we get into the, um, and this is just another layer uh, that I saw with the Lord's Prayer, is that you see the whole context of the gospel really laid out in the Lord's Prayer. You know, if we think about what the gospel is, you know, um, where the gospel starts with, you know, Lord, you know, that God created everything. And then after he created everything, he saw that those things were good. But then because of our own sin, we fell. And so because of that, it created this need. It created the separation that we had with the Lord. But in the Lord's sovereignty and in his will and his plan, he gave his son Jesus to then come and die for us, even within the context of all these things that, that, that we have done throughout. One thing I love is saying like, oh, the whole Old Testament, all the Old Testament is just setting up. These are all the reasons why we need Jesus, <laughs> you know? And then... We get in the New Testament is okay, Jesus is here, right? And now Jesus goes and he dies for us. He lives a perfect life and he dies for us. He dies and, and washes us with our blood, but then he's resurrected. And then after he comes back, he then calls us to a ministry, the Great Commission, to go out and to make more disciples. And we're doing that because we are preparing once again for him to come back again and then be able to, and everything is going to be final and everything is going to be, and evil is going to be, Vanquish and everything is going to be like in Revelation, you know, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We'll be singing holy. There will be that eternal communion. Yeah. And we see all that laid out in the Lord's prayer because we start out with recognizing the Lord for who he is. Oh, our father, our creator. Yeah. You are holy. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. You created the heavens and the earth. You did all these things and you provide all these things for us. And then forgive us of our debts brings in that context of, okay, look, our debt saying we have sinned. And you are forgiving us. And so because we have sinned and you are forgiving us, you have forgiven us through Jesus. Now that then leads us to forgive others, to disciple others, to mm, go out yeah. and spread your gospel and say, hey, Lord, this is the thing. And then as we are doing this, we have this constant thing of being led out of temptation until finally we have this final deliverance from evil where all the brokenness in the world is going to be ended. And so the one thing that I love about that is like, so within this context, you have, you have us recognizing who God is. You have us going and asking him for things, but we're also with this model, you're constantly being reminded of what the gospel is. And you're brought back to the foundation that then that, that literally, 
um, establishes the whole reason why this interaction, why we even are able to have this interaction with the Lord to begin with. There's so much more to to dig in there. Yeah, that, you know that I want to that I want to discover in, and so who it's, knew the Lord is deep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, just like everything, you know, and and so I it gets me super excited. And like I and you know, like like I always say like I I love storytelling. I love narrative stuff. So like sure. whenever I read stuff and I'm able to make these connections where I'm like, okay, in this yeah. one passage, we see the whole narrative of the gospel being laid out Come while on. also it being a living thing. Just like the gospel is the gospel's living. So like in this prayer, we are expressing the living gospel. Yeah. Oh you know? wow. And so, I love that. and it is, uh, yeah, it's so just good. Yeah. Okay. So one more thing, just tell us, like I've been to a prayer meeting where you've incorporated this. It's basically the structure is based yeah, on yeah, the Lord's yeah. prayer. Mm-hmm. So walk us through how to structure. It's like somebody's out there and is listening. Hey, I want to build a prayer meeting yeah. at my church or with my, my small group or something that's structured around the Lord's prayer. Could you walk us through play by play how you structure that? So the way that I structure it, I mean, um, to tell you the honest truth, the one great thing about, especially when you, um, like in most Bibles, they'll take the Lord's prayer and they'll actually give it like its own little chunk, like like a, like a poem, like in a stanza. Yeah. So one thing that's really great is to literally just like like I was doing now, is to break it up into parts and. Um, I think that'll allow you to kind of focus on one part and be able to, during your prayer time, kind of dig deep into those subjects specifically, like setting down specific time to say, oh, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, let's take some time to actually sit and recognize God for who he is. Yeah. Right. And, you know, when you do it in those parts, then you go into the next part, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so when you break it down to those parts, you allow your group to kind of be able to focus on those specific things. And one thing that I found, and I found it at the prayer night too, is that you don't know what kind of things that will come up that'll, that, that the Lord will bring to people when you're going through these different topics. And I think especially once you get to the and I think that especially once you get to the part where it's talking about, oh, forgive us of our debts as we've forgiven others, that is where I've, I've, I've found that a lot of people tend to have a lot of things come up because, mm. you know, yeah. you know that, that is definitely is where the work is being, you know, the work is being done, right? Sure. You know, like we, where we, where we confess those things that we're doing yeah. when we talk about, Oh, this is a, this is a conflict that I've had, or these are things that I'm struggling with. Sure. And then, you know, you get to work on those things. And I think being able to, so hyper-focusing on the different parts is probably a good way to, um, to look at it. And I would say too, you know, Jesus says to pray like this. It doesn't mean that we have to say exactly these words. Sure. Yeah. But what it means is, is that use okay, it as a template. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Using it as a template to say, okay, you know, because I think obviously, ultimately, you want to pray what's on your heart. Yeah. Um, because that's what's true. You know, you don't want to manufacture things so much, but to be able to go through these and use it as a template. Yeah. yeah. So the deeply practical approach. 
I do remember you had a little bit bigger group. It wasn't like a very yeah, small yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I remember we broke up into small groups. You encouraged people, hey, grab yeah. two or three people. Yeah, exactly. Did you do that for every element or like the the first part where it's glorifying God? Maybe we just did it individually and then you kind of did it after. I can't remember exactly. I believe the first one where it was our Father who art in heaven, I believe that one was individual. And I think we broke up into groups once we got to... Um, yeah, once we got to forgive us of our debts, I think that's when we broke up into smaller okay. groups. But, you know, there's, because I think obviously with the Our Father part, that one's an easier one to do kind of with a bigger group, because once again, it's general recognition. It's almost like, literally, it's all it's just like worship, you know? Yeah, yeah, worship on Sunday morning, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, but once you get into the um, the context of forgive us of our debts, I think doing something like that, with the more intimate groups, like a smaller group, like you said, like two or three people usually works for a couple of reasons. One, because I feel like people are more comfortable to share things in a smaller group. You don't have like a bunch of people listening into all your business, but at the same time, because that's a more intimate setting, I think there's more investment that can be done in a smaller group um, between each person. And also in the context of that service, it would have taken a while to get around to everyone. Yeah, thing. right, right. You know, so being in a smaller group, you, you're you're allowing yourself to for each person to have a little more time to kind of go through and and process like what it is that they're praying and and for people to pray over each other and and things like that. Um, so I think as far as how you would break that up, depending on the size of your group, I mean, if you're talking about doing this in a small group, you're probably already are in a pretty small setting of people that that you trust. So as I don't know if you would need to break up anymore, but um, what I would say is, you know, at the very least, you do want to understand that once you get into like the deeper parts where people are getting really personal, that you're creating sure. a that you're creating a space where they can be where they can be comfortable because what's important is that they're able to express those things um, rather than just everybody like you know sure knowing about it yeah being able to like get unity with because when you intercede you want to do it together we're there to do it together yeah exactly um and then maybe one thought too as you guys have goals if you're using the lord's prayer as a template and Mm -hmm. maybe let's say you're doing a weekly prayer meeting or something using the lord's prayer as a template take that and together say hey this part of the prayer, like uh, give us this day our daily bread, mm-hmm. let's have a specific emphasis. This week, we're yeah. going to pray for impoverished communities in our area. Yeah. And we're going to pray and then get in the smaller groups where people mm-hmm. have a direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have freedom to move within the direction, right? Yeah. Direction's always Direction's always good. That way people can have like that focus. Yeah, they're not just like, what are we doing now? It's like, all right, what are we uh, we praying on now? Yeah, It's kind of easy for people who've been in church enough to be like, yeah, kind of in the church and ease kind of space uh-huh, yeah, where it's yeah. like, uh-huh. oh, I can kind of just do whatever, you know. Yeah. But like a lot of people need a, a more instruction and, mm-hmm. you know, just to help them kind of get in the right space. So, And that's why it's good to have somebody to have somebody that's, that's leading these things. Yeah. Um, because that way you can have someone that can give that direction. And also like if I were leading a small group and I, or if I were doing a prayer meeting and I knew that I was going to use this as a template before I even went there, I'd probably think, okay, what are some things that fit into these categories or that fit into these parts Yeah. that I can then, as we're going through it, encourage people to pray on, like you're saying, like talking about the impoverished uh, communities, 
that I can say, okay, hey, this is actually a thing that we're going to be praying over that I can think of right now. Cause sure. you know, and, um, once again, it, it, it's amazing to see what things that people can come up. I think also encouraging people to say, Hey, if you have something in your heart that, you know, once we get to this part of the Lord's prayer has been really like weighing on you, like bring it up, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, uh, like, and let's talk about it. I had a divine appointment with somebody at that prayer meeting that I hadn't yeah. seen in years mm-hmm. and they needed prayer for a very specific thing. And yeah. man, we got to pray into it so hard. It was beautiful. Yeah. Like just getting to do that mm-hmm. was such a blessing to them, but it was a blessing to me too, Yeah, to see how God was like really just connecting the dots for that specifically through the Lord's prayer. So yeah. John, thank you so much. Real quick, just summarize the bullet points of what you said in terms of each part of the Lord's Prayer. Could you give us like the five, six, however many points it was? Yeah, so the first point, um, starting with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're recognizing God for who he is, that he's holy, but also that we have a relationship with him as his children, that he is our Father. Okay. Um, the second one is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Us recognizing God's sovereignty and the will that he has for us um, and saying, Lord, you know, we are aligning our hearts with you, but also recognizing that um, you're the one that's directing everything. Okay. And then going to give us this day our daily bread where we're saying, okay, Lord, we know that you're the boss here. So therefore, let's ask you to continue to provide things for us, you know, and because we know that ultimately that you do care for us because you're our father. So we, this is where we say, oh, give us this day our daily bread, you know, provide, uh, do give these provisions. And this is usually where, it's more like physical provision, things like that. Sure. Um, and then the next part is, uh, and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is where it gets a lot deeper where we say, okay, Lord, you know, forgiving us of our, forgive us of our sins and not only doing that, but doing that as we are forgiving others. So the love and the forgiveness and grace that you are showing us, allow us to then absorb that and then reflect that to other people as we forgive them and show them also grace and mercy, not... Um, in one way, because that's what you've done for us, but also because we are showing other people who you are as well, you know. And um, the last part, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, um, which is just, oh, Lord, open our eyes to the way that we are being tempted to to sin. Um, open up our eyes to the way that we are doing that. And then also saying, Lord, ultimately, you're the one that's able to deliver us ultimately from evil. So we need your we need your protection and your guidance as we go on. Um, and so those are the, yeah, those are the, those are the parts. Awesome. Love it. Well, John, thanks for sharing. I was just really so blessed by this episode. So yeah. <laughs> it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, let the Lord whenever, give us the template. <laughs> whenever Jesus speaks in the Bible, you can always, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> All right, John. Uh, thanks, man, for coming on. And uh, we'll see you all next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.